This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the Chief Business Officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. everyone and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Megan Strand, your host for today, and I am honored to be joined today by Lynn Schaefer, who is Vice President for Finance and Administration at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Welcome, Lynn. Thanks so much, Megan. So to get us started today, I like to ask our our interviewees to tell us a little bit about how you came to higher ed as a profession. I think you have a background in government, which is a little bit unique. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your career path. Well, like most CBOs, I really did stumble on the profession mm. or or maybe I would more appropriately say I picked it out of a hat. <laughs> so I did start my career in the state budget office in Michigan mm. and as a budget analyst and working uh, on labor and energy and environmental things, those things I was very passionate about. And after a few years, I was recruited to go to the governor's office to work on a new initiative on jobs and economic development. So they pulled a number of people out of state agencies, and we were 20-somethings. We were very excited about making a difference in the world. We got together and wrote down on pieces of paper all of the policy areas we thought we wanted to explore to create jobs, and to expand the economy. So we did that, and then we each picked two things out of the hat. I picked higher education and forest products as a target industry. Now, were those things that you wrote in the hat or just anybody? (laughs) Anybody did. I didn't write those two things. I totally did not write those two things. That's excellent. So, you know, that, that put me on a path of working with the universities, this was in Michigan, with the universities in Michigan on ways that higher education institutions, the public institutions could uh, support the state's efforts to create jobs and um, move the economy forward. And that uh, actually transitioned into doing policy at the top level for the governor on higher education. So Mm. not just jobs and economic development, but higher education. And then became the first president of Michigan's guaranteed tuition program. Mm -hmm. And it so happened that on my board was the president of Wayne State University. And he, uh, after some time, recruited me to go to Wayne State University as budget director. So that's what started me on my... uh, very long career in at a university, um, and now this I'm now at my third university, and I wouldn't trade this for the world. That's fantastic, and that I have to say is probably one of the best stories I've ever heard about how you got into higher ed. Literally picking it out of a hat, so. 
That's that's a fantastic backstory, Lynn. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, so you obviously had some exposure to higher ed before you started working in higher ed, but coming from a government background and doing the work you had been doing, when you first got into higher ed, what struck you about that environment that was really different, really challenging, really much better. Talk a little bit about what you experienced when you got there. One of the surprises that I think many people who go into higher ed after being in another environment is the shared governance Mm -hmm. aspect of higher education. And, you know, I was very surprised that we couldn't just tell the faculty what to do. Mm. (laughs) And that took some getting used to and, uh, really years of getting used to that, uh, It's a wonderful environment on a university campus. It's so great to see every day why you're there. You can see students, interact with students, see them uh, moving forward in their careers. You can see the research happening at the institution, seeing the difference that it makes in the world. It's so fulfilling on a day-by-day basis. Government, not so much so. You can't always see Mm. exactly where your efforts are going. Uh, and it takes years to uh, make a difference. Talk a little bit about how you navigated that shared governance challenge, because I've heard that before, and I'm sure we have listeners that are maybe newer to the CBO or aspiring CBOs. So uh, what did you do to be able to successfully navigate the that higher ed shared government structure? So as is the case with probably any profession, building relationships, building trust and confidence and shared experiences is a way to learn how to work together. And I'm a pretty open person anyways. And I think in that particular case, the person I was succeeding was not such an open person and the community was really calling for greater transparency Mm -hmm. in financial information. And so I was happy to really open the books and explain where the institution was, explain financial health and the steps that I thought we needed to take to ensure that that continued. And that was really appreciated. I also, as a budget analyst, I was taught to ask good questions and listen. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great way to develop an understanding of the environment, of the culture, of what people's expectations are. I won't say that I didn't make any missteps. (laughs) And, 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 you know, there were times when a faculty member here or there would have to call me out or sit me down and say, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. <laughs> uh, but over time, I, those relationships made all the difference in terms of being able to work together. The CBO role is such an interesting one to me because you have to have such focus on numbers and analytics and you know all of that kind of hard data. But then Exactly what you're talking about, that that soft skill piece, like, like navigating the nuances of the, the relationships, like those two skill sets don't often go together. I think that's what makes CBOs such special individuals, that they can kind of bridge both worlds. Do, do you feel you have a stronger set on either side, or what have you had to work to develop over the years in terms of that art and science blend? What a great question. We all start with the technical skills because early in your career, that's what people depend on you for. And so 
my background is in financial analysis, program evaluation, and in the numbers. Over time and over, I've had to work at it. I mean, I don't think that those soft skills are always fully developed, are ever fully developed in an individual. And so I basically just took the time to read, to go to workshops, to watch other people that I thought were doing a great job and say, what is it about what they're doing that makes them so effective? I remember one of my bosses, actually the state budget director, his nickname was Dr. No, but he had this (laughs) reputation of being able to say no, but having the person he's saying no to feel heard Mm -hmm. and supported. So then the person would go away feeling like, okay, somebody heard me. They couldn't do exactly what I asked, but I know they're going to try to help me. And I said, that's what I want to be like. And so I incorporated that uh, into, you know, my persona. You know, early on, I I would say that I had a a personality where I thought I always had the right answer. (laughs) And so, you know, I was I was good in school. And so I did always know the right answer. But over time, I realized that that was just in my own head. (laughs) And I needed to really be more open to other people's ideas and other people's perspective. Uh, That came as a result of some hard lessons and a decision on my part that I had to be different. And once I started being different, just saying in my own head, okay, don't say anything, get rid of that idea in your head and just listen to what everybody is saying. Listen to what's important to them listen to what they think would be a good solution. And over time, that generated an ability in me to kind of pull together all of those strands in a way that we could come together on a solution that met everybody's, you know, basic ideas. It didn't actually, you know, please everybody, but at least that would address everybody's concerns. As you were doing all of that, you talked a little bit about reading and observing. And it's interesting to me that you're kind of using your analytical skills in an observant way to learn the more, the softer skills. I think that's that's an interesting dynamic that you presented. Did you have mentors along the way that were able to help you that you can, that you can think of or share some things you might've learned from mentors or relationships you've had over the years? Uh, you know, I, my pres, my first president at Wayne State University, David Adamani, he was really, really smart and really, really tough to work for. He had very high standards uh, and was a little scary to people. Mm-hmm. And he knew those numbers inside and out. And after about the first three or four months working for him, I was determined to have the answer before he did, <laughs> to remember the, the numbers uh, in a way that he would find helpful. And that ended up being the case. And he, he and I developed a wonderful, trusting relationship. And in fact, when I told him, okay, I've been budget director for a few years, I'm ready to do something else. I would love to do it here. But if not, could you help me to move to the next level. And he created a job for me. He created vice president for administration, which put me in charge of things like HR and facilities and police and those sorts of things that I had no experience in. But of course, that 
over a, the few years that I did that, uh, I gained that experience, which then allowed me to go after a CBO position, which is what I did next uh, after Wayne State University. So he was wonderful. The, he, he really raised the bar for my performance. He gave me wonderful opportunities. Do you serve as a mentor to others today, Lynn? It's one of the great joys in life. So I, I uh, am always happy to mentor students. And I have always three or four students who I'm seeing at least once a month during a school year. That's wonderful. But also uh, the folks who are in professional positions mm -hmm. at the university, uh, particularly women, uh, I'm happy to develop those relationships, to give them advice, to listen to their struggles, um, just to be a sounding board. It's, it's so wonderful to be able to do that, to be able to share my experience and my knowledge gained over a very long career. <laughs> One of the other ways that I've, that I've, worked on developing the next generation of leaders, I bring together my senior leadership team. There are about 30 people in administration and finance every year for a retreat. And most of those years, we spend a significant portion of our retreat on some form of leadership development uh, or personal understanding that would lead to greater leadership effectiveness. And I have seen virtually all of those individuals change and grow and become amazing leaders over the years. Lynn, talk a little bit about what's most exciting to you about your role currently. So my role here at UMBC has evolved, as it does everywhere, to include supporting the strategic planning efforts of the institution. And in fact, last year we approved a new strategic plan and are moving forward to implement the first steps of that right now. And being a part of that implementation planning process is so exciting because I get to bring my skills of analytics and figuring out the financing and challenging the thinking about what's most important to do now to the table uh, in, in ways that I think are going to help the institution to make the good decisions that will allow us to move forward. What would you say is the thing that kind of keeps you up at night in terms of challenges that you're currently facing and maybe that all CBOs are facing? Of course, you know, there is always the question of never having enough resources to do the things that we want to do as a community. Mm -hmm. And so what keeps me up at night is thinking about the future of public support for higher education. Mm -hmm. As we've seen at Wayne in the last decade or so, and I don't see that changing, thinking about other ways to generate revenues and other ways to more effectively and efficiently using the resources we already have. Who do you look to for innovation in, in terms of the challenges that you face, whether it's budget shortfalls or just the shifting in funding? 
where are you looking for innovation? Like how, how do you keep your own creative juices flowing in terms of thinking outside the box when it comes to tackling these tough issues? There are a number of sources. So I'm very active in Nakubo and my regional association, Ikubo, getting together on a somewhat regular basis, once or twice a year with colleagues from around the country or around the region to hear what cool things are going on at other places, to hear experiences that are, are working to maximize the resources we have available. You know, the, the current things that I'm working on here, uh, transforming procurement to use technology and to uh, use strategic sourcing. I learned that at a Nakubo meeting and an Ikubo meeting and have found a network of people who are doing great things. Shared service centers, we're implementing those here. Learned about that from colleagues in other, in other institutions in other states. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no shortage of creativity and in, innovation around our community. And there are ways, pretty easy ways to tap into that. I would say we also look at what's happening in other industries and trying to figure out how to use that in higher education to move us forward. Healthcare is often a, a good place to look for innovation mm-hmm. uh, since they've had these cost pressures for much longer than we have in higher education. Can you think of a specific example from either healthcare or another industry that has struck you as relevant to what's happening in higher ed that you've personally either thought about or been able to implement? Building partnerships Mm. outside of the institution is a way to extend the university's reach and also to bring good ideas in from outside. And so at UMBC, we have many partnerships with big and small companies around the region, around the country. And there's benefit on both sides. We get the the benefit of their knowledge, experience, even resources. They get access to our wonderful students for jobs or internships. Uh, we work together on research that pushes forward knowledge. That's That's just one example off the top of my mind. Anything else, Lynn, you'd like to share today that I've neglected to ask? Well, one of the things that I was reflecting on as I was preparing for this is the lesson that I learned early on that I can't do it alone. Mm. Nobody can do it alone. Mm-hmm. And and the importance of building relationships and building a team. So I've spent a career building my team in several places and finding the best people and then letting them do their job, giving them the resources, the guidance. But together, we can do so much more than, you know, somebody like me sitting in an office saying, do this and do that, and, you know, trying to do it alone. I think also building the relationship with campus leadership on the financial management of the place. Again, I don't think that a CBO should be doing it alone. I think the, the budget should be a strategic tool that's used to move the institution forward. And to do that, all of the senior leadership 
needs to have the information and the decision-making practice and the trust to work together from an institutional standpoint, not from an individual college or division standpoint, to get to the best decisions. What do you look for when you're building a team, Lynn? Are there, I mean, obviously you have the technical piece, but we had talked a little bit about the softer skills. What do you look for in a, in a team member that you know has to be in place for you to be able to help have them fill a role? One of the things that's really important to me is a sense of urgency, hmm. a sense of we need to make things better today. We cannot take months, years to do the things that need to be done, which doesn't mean, you know, getting everything done at once. It means getting things done with due speed in the order that needs to happen to build the institution. Mm -hmm. And I found that when I have conflict with somebody, it's often because we don't share that same sense of urgency. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that being very important and also a little bit challenging in a more traditional environment in ter- like a, like higher ed. Yes. Although, you know, there. so I, I have found over the years in administration and finance, particularly, that there are plenty of people out there who, given the chance, are excited about moving forward quickly mm-hmm. to make the place better. It sounds like you're one of those people as well, Lynn. I'm working at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Lynn, for your time today and for sharing just a few of your insights and reflections with us. You can find out more about Lynn and today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Lynn and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education.